The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the world famous Jonesy and Brown show. That is Mike Jones. I am John Brown. Mike Jones, let's let's jump right into it. Let's go. Let, let's jump right into it. Mike Jones, on the last show, we were following up uh, the Eagles' week one defeat of the Detroit Lions. You had concerns. Lingering concerns with the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Now, any, oh, you know what? Okay. Let's just let's just go ahead and get right to this. Because okay. I did have some concerns about the quarterback. Yes. Yes. And in the Minnesota Vikings game, yes. as much as was possible, mm-hmm. he addressed my concerns. Okay. Okay. Now, that, that, that's now, what now, I wanted to know. That's what I was now, going to ask. Now, let's be clear. Uh, there's a reason I say as much as was possible. Yes. Because, you know, from last season to now, my question hasn't been so much what hurts his ceiling is mm-hmm. as much as how consistently he can play at or close to his ceiling. Yes. So you're not able to answer the ce- the ceiling question, mm-hmm. the, the well, excuse me, the consistency question in mm-hmm. one game. Now, but, I, 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 I'm sorry. But, but the concerns he was able to answer, I, I had some concerns about him recognizing the blitz week one against Detroit. He seemed to have full command pre-snap against Minnesota. I seemed I had concerns with him overthrowing to AJ Brown and not spreading the ball around enough. He came out the gate spreading the ball around five receivers on his five five different receivers on his first five completions, and that continued throughout the game. I had concerns about him using both sides of the field. He did that effectively during this game. I had concerns about him bailing out of the pocket early. This game, he was given a clean pocket, and he did not bail early. He sat in, he made the reads, and he made and he delivered strikes. So that was a lot of concerns. Well, at least it mm-hmm. sounded like a lot of concerns yeah. as I was listing them. Yes. Now, now, but it's also a lot of answers. But let, let's let's establish something because I, I understand that you and I, we went the entire summer, oh, and, and didn't really do a lot of shows together. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 took a break, and like we we took a break, and despite the fact that we have been doing this for a while, this is our what our forty fifth edition of Jonesy and Brown. Under the following, name Jonesy under and Brown. Under the name Jonesy and Brown. <laughs> after about 50 shows of offense, defense, and discourse. Two shows, yeah. I believe, of agree to disagree. And I'm not sure how many shows of one-on-one with MJ. But we've, we've got a decent resume. We have a, we've worked together for a while. Yeah. And I guess I say all that. To say I I feel like 
as as a co-host and friend, I know you pretty well. I know you, and I, I believe in our last show, when you voiced your concerns, mm-hmm. I don't believe I... Do you feel like I, and I'm asking for your, your honest opinion, do you believe that I painted you as a hater? No. I, I listened to your concerns. Mm-hmm. I did, and and to an extent, I did not uh, disagree with your concerns. I felt like they, I felt like they were legitimate yeah. concerns. You, you because, did not paint me as a, a as a hater. I'm just the guy who's yeah, yeah. reserved. Yes, Hertz yeah. has all of this year to prove that he's made mm-hmm. the necessary progress. So far, so good. I didn't. I did not believe that your criticism of Jalen Hurts after Week One were without merit. I I did not necessarily share your concerns, mm-hmm. but your points were made. Like I got it. I I understood what you were saying. You mm-hmm. weren't wrong. So I guess it's I I I under and that's because I understand you. Honestly, that's because I I feel like I understand you. I understand where you come from. I I know how your cerebral mind works. You know, <laughs> you are a person of context. You are a person of nuance. You are mm-hmm. not necessarily the, the 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 fan who will be who who a fan who can be shallow in their criticism. I think when you offer criticism, when you offer critiques, you know there's substance to it. There's meat on those bones. I'm, I'm, I try not to just be the guy who comes in and says he stinks. That's it. We're going yeah. like if yeah. I if if I have questions or issues mm-hmm. with a guy's performance, mm-hmm. I want there to be solid reasons for my issues with that guy's performance. Uh, un- and, unlike my unlike myself. Because that's me. I, I, I will <laughs> offer critiques sometimes, and they'll be baseless, or they'll just be rooted in emotion or whatever. But I, I, I get it because I, I feel like, you know, this season, this Eagles season, and I, I, I'm being honest, mm-hmm. it kind of scares me because <laughs> I'm hearing, I hear the talk. Oh. I already know where you're going. <laughs> yes, I, I, I hear the talk, and I myself am trying not to to jump feet first, head for whatever. I'm not trying to just cannonball myself into the hype. Although I, I can see it, mm-hmm. um, there there is some talent on this team. I. And more of a believer of Jalen Hurts. I am more will, you know, I am more willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I understand the criticism of him. And quite frankly, I, I feel like I'm at a I am at a I'm almost playing with house money when it comes to Jalen Hurts. Whereas with him, if he can propel himself to the status of franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. Even superstar quarterback. Now, now let's I'm, be I'm now, good. now let's mm-hmm. be clear uh-huh. about because this is something I was thinking about earlier today. Okay, when we're evaluating Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. as a franchise quarterback, mm-hmm. 
there has to be some extrapolation and projection, if you will, mm-hmm. because we're not just looking to see is Jalen Hurts good enough to win with this loaded roster while he's making second round pick money. And because remember, last last year was not Jalen Hurts' rookie year. No, no, it was the second he, year in the league. He, he's in his third year, season. Yeah. He's in his third season. Next year is the last year of his of his rookie deal because he was not a first round pick. So there's no fifth year option on his contract. It's four years, then you got to pay him. So the question is, are when we're evaluating Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. are we seeing a quarterback who's good enough to win when you lose an additional 30 to 40 million dollars worth of talent? Not are you still looking at a quarterback who's good enough to win when we have what many people are calling top to bottom the best roster in football or mm-hmm. top two, top three roster. And that's and fair, that's, that's what we have to look at when we're evaluating Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and I, I think honestly, and that's also I think that's also the rub with Howie Roseman. Whereas he has taken his his share of criticism for drafts past, although he has had some luck over the, you know, recently, these last couple of years. Last two that, drafts were very good. Last two drafts were very good, but you start going before that, and there are some questions. There are oh, definitely some questions. But honestly, where the rub comes in is how well can he, how well can he build you know it's like he needs to be able to build a team good enough that he can hold on to as long as possible oh after he because if well, you if know the easiest got, way to do that is not pay your quarterback well i guess the the, the, the problem because is, you have the first round picks in 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 tow if you identify another quarterback next year that in the offseason that you want to draft, that extends your window from paying Jalen Hurts after the 23 season mm-hmm. to having four more years of a rookie contract quarterback should you choose to draft one, mm-hmm. which extends that window from one, two years to five, six years with a guy on a rookie deal. No, so I understand. The, so these are these are things you got away when you're evaluating Jalen Hurts. I get and, and so would you does Jalen, in your opinion, does Jalen Hurts have to be a superstar? If he wants superstar money, you need to be a superstar. Well, well, so if he wants to get paid like a fran- quote unquote franchise quarterback where that going rate is around 40 million plus right now, then yeah, he needs to play like a superstar. He needs to play, needs to play like a 40 million dollar quarterback. Exactly. And and that's the rub. Like we have a roster built on a $800,000 quarterback and you're trying to decide if he's the guy you can afford to dump talent and pay him an extra 39 million. Like that's the thing he's going, it'll be like, if he were a number one pick, you're looking at putting on an extra 25, 30 million, Mm -hmm. a second round pick. You're looking at putting on an extra 40 million, which is 40 million of rosters roster talent not available mm-hmm. so the question is is hurts good enough to pick up that slack 
So that's what we have to evaluate for, and that's why I don't want to rush to judgment. No, I understand that, and, and it's week two. Well, now we're week going two. into week three. Mm-hmm. And, but honestly, I, I looked at that game, and I feel like our show after week one, the thing that kind of kind of stuck in my mind, you said he can't throw left. And I understand why you said he. Mm-hmm. But he clear, I, he clearly proved me wrong. Yeah, he clearly as he, much as possible. He he went left on the very first play of the game, but mm-hmm. but but the, nonetheless, but nonetheless, I, what what I'm saying is, I don't think I I necessarily saw that, but when I went back and watched highlights, I was like, okay, you know, now I'm now I'm interested. L- mm-hmm. Let's see what he can do. It wasn't necessarily that I felt like you were wrong. But I wanted to see him. see for yourself. I want to see for myself, mm-hmm. and I felt like okay, it's like so so far so good. Now, here here's the thing because mm-hmm. we said because I said he answered my questions as much as was possible. That the other way that it was a limit to how much. He was a- able to actually answer my questions was because of the defense that Minnesota chose to play that game. Yeah. You remember last season when we were yelling at Jonathan Gannon all year long? Well, especially that stretch where we were on pace to give up a record high completion percentage. Mm-hmm. If you remember that, the Minnesota Vikings defensive scheme for Monday night should be very familiar because they rushed four refused to blitz and sat back in that two deep safety shell coverage with guys eight to 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. When we played that defense quarterbacks were completing almost 80% against us. It was mid seventies. I want to, I don't remember the exact number, Mm -hmm. but so it was impressive to see Jalen Hurts sit in the pocket and pick the defense apart. He completed 80% of his passes by far the best game of his career. Mm -hmm. I have to also take that with a grain of salt, seeing as how it was against a defensive scheme. I've seen repeatedly give up 70% plus completion percentage. So there it's a, you know, you got to weigh it six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. And that's why I say it takes a little projection and extrapolation. It's not just, we can look, Oh, he did this great game. Mm -hmm. He's the guy. You know, there's things you got to look into when you're reading into this to really come to a fair evaluation. I I will say that I felt like week two was a continuation of week one. Whereas when you offered the criticism, when you said Jalen Hurts cannot throw to his left, Mm -hmm. I I guess my argument would have been, was it that he could not throw to his left or was he just taking what the defense was giving him? Was it necessary? Was it an overdependence on AJ Brown, or was just AJ Brown was just getting was just getting wide open and was basic could basically have whatever he wanted against the Detroit Lions? And uh, I needed to. I'm sorry. Just real quick, I just want to throw this out there because you used the word wide open. The other thing. That, that happened in the Minnesota game with that high completion percentage. Of his 33 attempts, 
only one completion was into a tight window. Those receivers were running wide open. Yeah. They were open by an average of, I want to say the number was four yards. These guys were running wide open. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about, that defensive shell coverage that Minnesota played, that the Eagles played last year and gave up record completion percentages again. Yeah, and I, I guess to to <laughs> and, and to what what I'm saying, I'm like, all right, I need I need to see to, I want to see uh, an extension of that. Like if he came out and necess- and pretty much just depended on AJ Brown and kind of ignored throwing up the, the you know the quote marks ignored Devontae Smith or or Quez Watkins then I might have leaned more towards what you were saying. But mm-hmm. when you see other guys getting open and him finding other guys open at other points in the field, I'm like, okay, all right, this is this is the progression I need. I am trying my hardest to take this slow and not jump, you know, and, and not jump into the hype mm-hmm. as, as much as people are. Because people are, you know, after week two, more and more people are like, yo, the Eagles might be the best team in, in, in the NFC. We might have got a Super Bowl preview, Eagles and Bills. You, you, you mm-hmm. heard that, too. You, you yeah, heard you, that. You hear all that talk, and I don't. And we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes, yes. What, now, let's, Very let's much to be so. clear, we are seeing a team that is absolutely building in the right direction. Yes. We see a roster that is complete, top to bottom. Very few holes on any level, any position, either side of the ball. Mm -hmm. So you can see where the framework for a contender is there. But it'll probably take me to, like, personally, it would probably take me to seven, eight games in. And let's see, that would give us, what, five or six more games Mm -hmm. where you see four or five of those games where Hertz is playing at or near his ceiling. So you, I'm seeing consistency from him. And then well, I see that. Yeah. We're talking Super Bowl. I, it's funny. I feel like the Eagles season kind of lends itself. It, it, it lends itself to give us what we want. Whereas you look at the, you look at the schedule at the beginning of the season. You know, you see, you, you're, you're seeing the Lions, the Vikings, a team that you've called frauds before. You've you've gone in on the Vikings before. I've gone in on the Vikings. I don't think I've ever actually called them frauds. I think you've called them frauds. I, think I may, have, were, I may have called. I may have called Kirk Cousins a fraud. Okay, but the only two teams I've ever actually called frauds mm-hmm. were the Matt Ryan Falcons okay. and the Philip River Chargers. First of all, the Phillip River Chargers were not frauds. Oh, they were frauds. No, they weren't frauds. Let me tell you why the Phillip Rivers Chargers were not frauds. Phillip Rivers, and I've said this before, Phillip Rivers is the greatest fantasy quarterback of all time. Mm-hmm. Phillip Rivers will get you them points all season long. Phillip Rivers is your quarterback. He's getting you points all season long, and he will flame out right around the time of your championship game. So he'll get you major points in your championship game. And then once mm-hmm. you've won your fantasy championship with uh, Phillip Rivers, who cares what happens next? 
Um, I'm pretty sure they're not playing fantasy football yeah, on the well, field. Well, I, well, look, I understand that, but I'm saying that this is my personal interest in Philip Rivers. And this is why I love Philip Rivers. What's funny Phillip, to me though is that I didn't Philip win, Rivers I didn't and Matt Ryan. Money with Philip Philip Rivers has made me money. I believe it, but you weren't betting on him in the playoffs. No, I didn't need to. Exactly. I didn't and need that, to. And hence the term fraud, because these guys and their teams consistently did enough during the regular season to make you think they were good, to make you think they were contenders. These weren't bad. These weren't bad teams. These were teams on my table. These were teams that would fool you and make you a believer. Philip Rivers only to on my table. Only to disappoint you. My kids the term Philip Rivers. Now, after the after that 28-3 debacle where the Falcons fell apart, yeah. That next season they were no yeah. longer frauds. Yeah. Yeah. They, were yeah, they were just bad. bad. They were just bad. Yeah. All right. Look, we gotta we gotta pivot now because our guest is here. Okay. Now look, once again, had to dig had to dig once again into our roller decks of famous contacts. Because heavy people, hitters. Look, man, people are cool with us. People like Jonesy and Brown. I understand. Look. I know we a lot of times we fly under the radar, but people mess with us, man. People rock with us. People like Jonesy and Brown. It's a safe place to talk sports. It is a safe, yes. It's a yes. safe space. Well, look, this man has created his own safe space. He's been doing this for a long time. All right. You heard him on you heard him on WIP. You heard him on 97.5. You've seen him on uh I guess it was NBC. Was it Comcast? Was it? I can't remember. It was Comcast Sports and NBC Sports at the time. It might. He might have been there for the transition. Mm -hmm. He might. He might have two sets of polo shirts. I don't know. We'll ask (laughs) him in a second. We'll we'll see. We'll see. But nonetheless, now he's doing his own thing. This man has his own show. This is. This man's the blueprint. All right. He's showing us all how we can do this. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us on the Jonesy and Brown show, our good friend, Mark Farzetta. What is happening, brother? You know what? You know what? Um, let me just tell you, I hate interrupting a really good intro, especially when it's all <laughs> compliments to me. So by all means, just keep going. I don't want me. Who cares about anything I have to say? Just keep on talking nice. Keep on, keep on talking sweet to me there, Mr. Brown. <laughs> Mark Farzetta is a great guy. Let me also, let me know what the greatest thing Mark Farzetta ever did to me. Ever did for me. I'm listening. If, you, if you're going to tell people about that back rub that I lost the back, <laughs> you whoa, better whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, 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 look. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Mark Farzetta. Um, <laughs> no, look, Mark Farzetta changed his life. I, I, I will. I will say this. We were, you know, this is this is this is Philly, and I don't want to, you know, delve too deep into stereotypes, but. In Philadelphia, we eat cheesesteaks. <laughs> people eat cheesesteaks. We we do. We we eat them a lot. Mark Farzetta was the first person to ever tell me, he said, yo, Brown, you need to try provolone cheese. Oh, yeah. Oh, you didn't I, know? I did not know. Mm. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was I was an American guy. Depending on when when I Depending on when I ordered and when I was going to eat the cheesesteak, 
I'd be a whiz guy, but I was mostly an American guy. I, I would eat whiz. I would have whiz on my cheesesteak if I'm going to eat it right then and there. Like mm-hmm. if it's going to be hot, you're going to put it on a sandwich, and I'm going to eat it. Then I'm I'm a whiz guy. But if I was going to like order it and then it has to like wait a half hour to come to me, then nah, I'm good. Just give me American. But, but it was Farzy who said, "You you need to try this provolone," and yeah. I haven't looked. I haven't looked back. <laughs> I, I, I haven't looked back, man. Yeah, I I come from a long line of uh, provolone cheese eaters. I don't know if I give yes. up that vibe, but I do. <laughs> um, and the best thing about provolone cheese, especially sharp provolone cheese, is that yes. you can have sharp provolone cheese on this. Like, you put any other cheese on a sandwich, that cheese you're not even going to taste it after a little bit. But if you uh, if you make yourself a sandwich and then like, all right, I know that's going to be my lunch at work today, six hours from the time you make it. Oh, that provolone, that sharp provolone stank. Still going to be there waiting oh for goodness. you, baby. Oh, oh so good. Goodness. So good. Changed my whole life. Man I, speaks I've wisdom. Never, I've never bought provolone in my life. I, I, I hadn't. And, and and Farzee was the one who was like, Brown, you don't know what you're missing. And I'm, I'm like, all right, I'll give it I'll give it a try. Let, let, let's see what's up. And, 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 and look, you know. Yeah, I learned about provolone in my teenage years and never looked back. <laughs> I was a grown-ass man. <laughs> I hadn't, I'd never had provolone before in my life. And now it's, look, I had my family looking at me crazy. I'm like, like, hey, you know, we getting cheese, you know, for sandwiches or whatever. Like, yo, get a brother a little bit of provolone. (laughs) And he was looking at me like, like, what? Yeah, provolone. Let's do this. I think that's the first time that sentence has ever been said. Let <laughs> yes. a brother get some of that provolone. provolone. Never, never. Yes. Said- <laughs> get, a bro- get, never. get a brother some of that provolone. Yes. Mark. You, you spoiled look, me, my friend. Thank you. Uh, no, man. You're you a good dude, man. Now, you, you've been doing this a, a, a long time. Why don't you, you know, kind of, let's let's get into your, your journey. Because you kind of started behind the scenes and you worked yourself into yeah, to the forefront. Like, how did you get your start? Uh, I won. Uh, no, well, it's getting my start in the business versus starting in college. I, you know, studied radio at Temple University, ran my college radio station my senior year, did a radio show there for four years, and just knew ever since I was eleven years old that I wanted to be, you know, a sports talk show host. Mm-hmm. So of course, uh, WIP, uh, the, the cream of the crop when it comes to that, and. I heard them put out one day the story, the the, the intern contest. It was going to be now. Since this story happened, a lot mm-hmm. of things have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, namely, <laughs> remember Donald Trump's apprentice? Well, that Donald Trump <laughs> guy became the president. That's a whole other thing. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, he ran the show, The Apprentice. So WIP mm-hmm. put on a contest called The Intern, and the winner that wasn't fired at the end of the week won a job on the promotions team. I won that contest. Essentially, there was a whole bunch of things we had to do throughout the week you know, tasks throughout the week. Mm-hmm. I won that. I got a job on the promotions team. And then I just started going to the station every day. And uh, I started working for the morning show. They asked me if I could be a producer. I learned to be a producer. Uh, I got an update anchor spot. Um, they, I did a Sunday night show. Uh, this was over the, the span of maybe five years. All these things started to grow uh, into me being on the air full-time as an update anchor. I did the overnight updates for five years solid. And then uh, yeah, I was producer for Howard Eskin for about a year and a half. Um, was with the morning show off and on for about 13 years. And came time to go when I got the official offer from NBC to take over uh, Philly Sports Talk with our good friend Amy Fadul and had a blast doing that show. Later, the Fanatic came along, wanted me to run their morning show. How do you say no to that? And I did. 
um, and, or I couldn't. And uh, I said yes and uh, ran that with Trey Thomas for about two years. And then um, pandemic turned the world, world upside down. And little by little, the show that they had put together surrounding me, they released a boss, a Trey, a co-worker, and then me. So that's kind of how it all went down. And then I was working behind the scenes with Sunday Night Football for 11 years. My last game was the Eagles Super Bowl win. So I was on the field when they hoisted the trophy. The whole thing was wild. And then I uh, started doing started doing this fine digital show, which I kid you not, any job that involves being around you, Mr. Brown, I, uh, I it's the best show I ever had. It's the best job I ever had. So this is the only close second to that. Uh, is the fact like for a work-life balance, the digital world for a guy like me with a three mo- three-year-old girl and a soon-to-be eight-month-old son, uh, it's the best work-life balance that that I could have. Plus, I still get to talk sports. I get to interact with people, and um, it's it's funny. I still get to say my sports opinions out loud, and then pay my mortgage, which is great. <laughs> great, it's the greatest thing ever. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a lucky man. You you are career goals right now. That's that's where we want to be. We want to be. I, I need to pay. I want to pay people. I want to pay my mortgage with my opinions. <laughs> gotcha. Right now, you know. Right now, you know. I, I'm probably going to ask you for money as soon as uh, as soon as the segment is over. But <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I pay I'm in getting provolone there. cheese. I only pay in provolone cheese. Quite frankly, you know, a beggars can't be choosers. So <laughs> I, I, I would probably take that. Now, the the decision to go, you know, kind of go into to business for yourself. You know, to yeah. do your to mm-hmm. do your show, like. Like, was it, I mean, was it a hard decision? Like what, what prompted this? Um, Mark Zumoff, Mark Zumoff prompted this. Well, in, in all honesty, the day after I got let go from the fanatic, my agent was on the phone. He calls me and he goes, uh, I got three sponsors that want to jump on with whatever you're doing next. Wow. Okay. And I said, okay, so when I'm driving for UPS, they're going to sponsor my truck. That sounds great. <laughs> um, and he goes, no, you know, you're going to do a podcast. You're going to do a show. And I'm like, eh, maybe. So I was honestly, because uh, my 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 wife and I are um, big fans of uh, Italy, and we got mm-hmm. married over there. My dad's family's from mm-hmm. there, and mm-hmm. um, uh, I always said that when I was out of the business, I was going to say, "All right, thanks, that's my time. See you later." And I was going to move to Italy, buy a pizza shop, have the locals run it, and I would just be the happy-go-lucky guy out front, like, "Hey, I have a pizza." Um, and I actually talked to Mark Zumoff. Mm-hmm. He gave me a call, our friend Mark Zumoff, and Mark said to me. Um, he said, uh, well, don't don't do that just yet. <laughs> he said, you still have a following in Philadelphia. Don't leave that yet. You know, <clears throat> excuse me, do your thing and and see how it goes. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know what, Mark Zumoff, by golly, you're right. I'm not going to leave America. I'm going to stay here and talk sports, whatever. So then like three months later, that Zumoff character, he retires. And in his letter, he's like, I'm going to go travel. I'm going to eat pizza and I'm going to go to Italy. <laughs> and I'm like, you bastard, you stole my idea. I literally had him on my show after the announcement, and I literally said to him, I, mean, I love the guy. He's a good friend. I love the guy. And I was, I'm reading it, and I go, you bastard. You stole my idea. And he lost it. He was dying. It was so funny. His reaction was he, priceless. Yes. Yeah. If you go to it, yeah, in, somewhere in Rome, Zoom, off, Zoom Off's Pizza. It's right there. Zoom off it's pizza. not even in Italian. It just says it's in English. People are saying Zoom yeah. Off's yeah. Pizza. And, 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 and Zoom is just sitting out front just like, hey, hey. <laughs> Come have some pizza, you know what I mean? Yeah, you it's your idea. It's, 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 it's Zoo, so we can't get mad at him. 
No, we can't. It's actually called in Italian. I don't know the proper way to pronounce it, but in Italian, I think it literally just translates to coming in for a landing pizza. I think that's coming, it. I, I, yeah, I believe it's it. it. Yeah, there, there it is. And if anyone else had stole that idea, I'd be with you. I'd be like, oh, man, that's <laughs> I can't believe he did that to you. I'd get, you, I'd have your back, but it, it's Zoo, so it's like, hey, bro, no, he's the best. That's, that's just the loss you're going to have to take, my friend. You know, that, <laughs> that's just that. Hey, sorry. Big L. But 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 here you are. And you know, here you are. You have you know, the Farsi show is big, man. I get the I get the I get the notifications. I see it. You know, a lot a lot of times it's because I'm at work and I'm on my phone when I shouldn't be. But you know, it's still I see it, you know, and it is huge and it's working out for you, right? Uh, it's been yes it's been amazing and the digital world in general has been great to me uh your people over there at fox 29 have been great to me i still come on as a pretty uh, some somewhat frequent guest which is great uh do still do some uh radio interviews where i'll be a guest there uh, around the horn i get to do basically whatever the hell i damn well please so and that's been great people at jacob media have been great i've been doing the pregame show to the postgame show last year doing the pregame show this year with seth joiner and Derek gunn who know really well john so yep. It's it's just been awesome. The show itself has been great. It's been constantly growing, and like I said, it's just uh, it's more than a passion project. We're 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 really enjoying it, and we're having a good time. Now, a qu uh, a question that I've asked people, you know, when they when they've come on the show, especially especially the people who are actually from this area, and a dynamic that that always interests me is your cover. You're professionally covering. You know, a team you grew up rooting for. Sure. Yeah. How how hard is that when you know you these are guys you root for? You know, because I feel like they're they're too. JB, many. you know, some people are able to be objective. No, just because you can't. Just because you can't. Objectivity is overrated. That's, that's BS. Whatever, yeah, man. Yeah. I I, I hear the question. I think I know what you're asking me. I um and, and Jones, you're right too. It's it's a funny thing. I've done radio in in Miami. Um, and I was doing rants on the dolphins and in the back of my mind, I'm I, like, I'm talking, I'm saying what I want to say, but I'm thinking, I don't care. I don't give a damn about the, this does not affect me one way or another. I, none of my family cares. I have no you know, fourth generation season ticket holders to the dolphins in my family. You know, there's like stuff like that. So I'm like, I don't care. So like Philadelphia is just a city that I really enjoy doing this in because yes, I, I grew up here. This is my home. I'm originally from Ambler, Pennsylvania, Madison Avenue, baby. Yes. Uh, down the street, down the street from uh, St. Joe's parish uh, yes. where I was baptized, you know? So mm -hmm. I, I, I can't really do this with the same enthusiasm or level of love that I do this in the city of Philadelphia. And as far as doing like, I, I have, two, my parents are amazing people, Joey and Eleanor. They're amazing people. My dad is, is a much more uh, reserved guy. My mom is always on stage. My mom is always with the microphone. She's always on stage. She's an entertainer. My brother and I take after her. Uh, my whole side, my whole Polish side of the family, we're all fighting over the microphone. The Italian side of the family is all like, Hey, no witnesses. Um, so, <laughs> a little but, uh, but, uh, it really is just much more reserved, but, uh, I, I just, my, my mom taught me how to be a fan. My dad mm -hmm. taught me sports. So mm -hmm. my dad kind of had that persona of, if you know, the scene in a Bronx tale, when Sonny tells C, well, Mickey Mantle's never going to pay your rent. Like mm -hmm. that's kind of, uh, I always had both gears. I could wave a rally towel with my mom. Or mm -hmm. I could just be like, 
you know, what's uh, what, what's Kyle Gibson going to do today? Like, Kyle Gibson, are you serious? Like, what's he going to do for mm-hmm. me today? Okay. So I could go from both both to, like, total fanboy to total critic. Um, mm-hmm. That's just kind of mm-hmm. how I grew up. That's the household. That's the dynamic I grew up in uh, with my house. So when it came to channeling that for any sports talk arena, it was an easy gear for me to go to because I, I had already had it. And as far as the excitement went, I had that gear to go to as well. So covering sports in your hometown, in front of your friends, family, all that, what sport is the most fun for you to cover? That's a great question. Uh, You know, actually, I really, I love covering hockey. I love being able to talk about hockey because that was the first, the the Flyers were really hitting a stride, like when my dad was in college, like the, the 70s Flyers and all that yeah. stuff. Like mm-hmm. so, like when I told my dad that I met Bob the Hound Kelly, like he was like, You what mm-hmm. wow, what was the hound? Like that was a cool thing. <laughs> yeah. And then my mom's a big baseball fan. So baseball for me in the house, it was like a hockey bat. Like we were hockey fans, but no one ever played hockey. We were a big basketball household, but like when it came to passion. My mom is from Baltimore. She's a lifelong Baltimore Orioles fan. My grandfather mm-hmm. was an usher for them for 25 years at Memorial Stadium in Camden mm-hmm. Yards. And, you know, like he would always sit us next to the Ripkins in his section, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was cool. So I really enjoy baseball. I really enjoy hockey. And then for just my own, like, most knowledgeable is probably basketball and covering that. And then football is just fun because everyone's mm-hmm. out of their minds. Like uh, just about football and every single snap, and I do appreciate that as well. You said your your last. You said you worked for Sunday Night Football. Your last, yeah. uh, your last working assignment for them was the Super Bowl. Yep. Now, what was what was that like? Because I'm, you know, I'm sure they hired you for your professionalism. <laughs> you had a job to do. <laughs> yes, but on of course. the other hand, you know. No, every, everyone's got pockets. So here's how the Sunday Night Football crew works. There's like 120 people. And everybody – now, I was lucky because I would normally only travel like one day a week. Everyone else was out on the road like four days a week. Mm-hmm. So there's po- – like you got your Giants fans over here. You got your, your Patriots fans over here. You got your Cowboys fans way over there because no one wants to deal with them. Um, and that's kind of how the dynamic works. And then you got your little pocket of guys from Philly. And I was working with a guy, Kevin Brown, great guy, Brownie. And then another guy, uh, uh, Jake uh, Jake Summersdale, uh, who was actually Tracy Matisak, if you remember that name, uh, her her son. And Tracy mm-hmm. was my professor at Temple. So during the Super Bowl, Jake was down here, down the production truck. I'm right here, and Brownie is 10 feet away from me at his spot. Anytime anything happened in a game, in the, in the game, in the Super Bowl, Mm-hmm. It was a quick, like, pan over, like, look at Jake. Jake, look at me. I look at Brownie. And we'd be like, oh, my God. And then right back to work. Um, <laughs> so it was like, I swear, it was just like that. And when Philly special happened, like, we all just went, what the? And cursed. Mm-hmm. And it was just incredible. Like, that excitement doesn't leave us. And it's not like we got to, like, reach over all over the place for buttons. Everything's right there. So it's not taken away from the broadcast by any means. <laughs> um, but it just, we everyone would have that reaction. There's the Steelers fans also. They would have their reactions and all that stuff. But everyone for their team has their same reaction. So it was great. It was an amazing experience. And I, and I actually got on the field. Uh, I don't know if I ever told you this story, John. Um, 
I have. Do I have my credential? I do. It's right here. This is my, this is my Super Bowl credential. I keep it on my uh, my set. Nice. Uh, now it doesn't say. Uh, it says pre right there. That means pre. Yeah, that little green thing. It says mm-hmm. pre uh, for pregame. You can go on the field pregame. I said to my boss, I said, look, you got to get me on. The, I'm not going to be on Broad Street if they win this thing. And that sucks because the only mm-hmm. place I'd rather be is on Broad Street. So I got to be mm-hmm. on the field if I can't be on Broad right. Street. So he goes, oh, yeah, no problem. So right before the game, he goes, I don't have a pass for you post game. I'm sorry. I thought I would. So I'm like devastated. I'm sitting there watching the game. The Eagles are winning. Mm-hmm. I'm working. We're reacting. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. And then maybe four, five minutes left in the game. My boss texts me. And he goes, come to the basically come to the office essentially right after we think we can mm-hmm. get you on the we think we can get you on the field. And I'm like, what? Okay. So I go to the office and they have one of the production people lead me to the one of the production assistants, lead me to the field. And how it works is you got to scan your way onto the field. And there's literally mm-hmm. a big monitor that mm-hmm. you scan and it comes up bright green, your picture, and says access granted. And that the person that was leading me on scans their credential, mm. access granted, big green thing. They keep they walk. I scan mm. mine, it comes up flashing red, access denied. Oh no. And, and oh I no. Just, I just I just do not I just go, okay, and I keep walking past the line of security. I keep walking. Mm-hmm. I'm following my production uh, assistant. Uh, I go up to another thing where I got to scan. A book, mm-hmm. the, the tunnel is bookended. I scan. Same thing. Bright red. Don't you dare let this person on the field. That whole thing. And nobody reacts. I walk right through the next line of uh, security onto the field in front of the stage. Kevin Hart's over to my left arguing to try to get on the stage. <laughs> I remember, I remember that. Yeah. The Super Bowl trophy's going right by me. The Lombardi trophy. Doug Peterson's up there. Howie Roseman's up there. Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. And I'm just, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, I am like, I know this is my last game. I would never imagine in a million years that this is the way it would play out. This is real life. I took every video you possibly could take. And I'm just there's confetti sticking to my bald, sweaty head. Uh, it was absolutely fly eagles fly is playing. It was absolutely insane. At no point did anybody come up to me and be like, "Sir, I see your credential, and you have to leave the premises," or nothing like that. It just I, it was it was absolutely incredible. So while what you're saying is while security was throwing out Kevin Hart, <laughs> yes, they let you walk right past. <laughs> I uh, I don't really think I was drawing attention to myself uh, the way Kevin Hart was. I wasn't trying to get it. Understood. Understood. Yeah, I, I, I get it. You, you, you weren't trying to hold the trophy. Right, right. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> where he ever, messed up. Did you ever hold the trophy? Did you ever get a chance to hold it? No, trophy? no. I, I have a weird thing. Um, I have such respect for professional athletes because athletically I peaked in eighth grade. Um, so, uh, when it comes to people wearing like the world series ring or a Stanley cup championship ring, like Bernie Perron, and I'm sure you've met Bernie Perron, like tries to give you his ring. And I'm like, no, Bernie, mm-hmm. no, I can't, you know, and he'll like, you'll let you touch it, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes to things I didn't earn, I don't want it and I won't wear it. I won't hoist the Lombardi trophy. I've seen it. I've taken a picture with it, but mm-hmm. I I just it's the kind of thing it's not mine. I'm there mm-hmm. to admire it. Um, I, I know it's a weird thing. It's a personal. If if you do that stuff, if anyone does that stuff, good for you. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I don't think you're wrong by any means. It's just not for me. Let's put it that way. Uh, like I, I like I won't like I won't wear a jersey of anyone I'm older than. Oh, so I'm all with my, you on that. All my, 
All my jerseys are all guys that like Pina Cavilia. I got a Pina Cavilia jersey. Nice. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I will admit, I, I'm laughing because I, I'm the exact opposite. Our a good friend of the show, uh, yours and mine, uh, Barrett Brooks, I wore his Super Bowl ring for an entire day when I beat him in fantasy football. Okay. That was, okay. That was, that was the bet. We, you we earned it. You earned it. Dur- during, during the days of uh, breakfast. There was football, winning involved. There was yeah. winning involved. There was in winning there. involved. There was winning yes. involved. Dur- yeah. dur- during the days of breakfast on broad, may that show rest in peace. Uh, we had a breakfast on broad fantasy football league, and I, I kid you not, this was Barrett Brooks's first foray into fantasy football, and he felt like he knew everything. He's like, I played the game, so how are you going to tell me how to run a team? I know what to do. He just thought he was going to come in and just dominate. Mm. So I say so. So when the week comes that his team plays me, I'm like, all right, well, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> I, I don't even think I asked for something that was like, what was I going to do when I lost? Because right. I wasn't going to lose. That's a I, great bet. Yeah, yes, I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, when I when I win, I want to wear your Super Bowl ring for an entire day, and I won. And I had his ring on the entire day. I was the floor director for Breakfast on Broad with the Super Bowl ring. And I'm just pointing the cameras. Ring right here on my finger. <laughs> you know, just all day. And, you know, Barrett, you know, as, as large as I am, Barrett is a little bit larger than me. His fingers, <laughs> his hands are bigger than me. So I have the ring on and it's sliding all over my hand. So as much as I loved having the thing, you know, the Super Bowl ring on my finger. I did not want it to fly. A little off fear of losing it kicked in. Yes, absolutely, nice. absolutely. Because once again, you know, Barrett is a little bit bigger than me. He's a little bit stronger than me. Barrett could probably beat me he, up. He might but be I a lot stronger win. than you. Yes, <laughs> yes. You know, thanks, man. Didn't want to get beat up by Barrett Brooks, but Fair I enough. did. Wear, yes, I, I did wear his Super Bowl ring for an entire day. And just like, you know, and like you said, I, I also worked in Baltimore. I was working in Baltimore when Ravens won their first Super Bowl uh, championship. And we were on a show and David Modell came in with the Super Bowl trophy. And wow. I, held, I, have, I have my picture with the trophy. And what, what was cool about it, although it, 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 it kind of skis me out now, but their whole thing was it was Baltimore's first, you know, it was the Ravens' first Super Bowl, and they wanted it to feel like it was a part of Baltimore. Gotcha. So they never they never cleaned the trophy. <laughs> so as they took it, as as they took it around and, and people touched it and it got all you, you, I mean you this you know, clearly pre-COVID. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> in the in the day now in the days of COVID, you know, that, that could never happen. But right. as you've all seen, Super Bowls are so shiny, they're so beautiful. This was dull because mm-hmm. this is now March. This is March of 2001. They won the Super Bowl in January. So two months of taking the trophy all around the city and every people touching it, holding it and whatever. So now it's dull because it's just covered in fingerprints. Yeah, and Old Bay. Yeah, I, I yeah. get it. Yes. Yeah, yes. fingerprints, and, and, Old Bay. You took it to Jimmy's a couple times, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and, and and the name Philly people might remember, a guy by the name of Kurt Clyde. He worked at Channel 10. He worked at Channel 17. But he was the weatherman. He had the trophy. And if and one thing you'll notice about, you'll notice if you ever get a chance to hold a Super Bowl trophy, it's really, really light. It's mm-hmm. not heavy at all. You know, you'll pick it up and you're, 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 you'll be amazed by how light the trophy is. Kurt used it as a weather pointer. He was on the air. 
He had the trophy in his hand, and he's pointing at the mat, just holding it. Me, the entire crew, the news director, David Modell, who is the son of Art Modell, you know, he's mm-hmm. in the room, and we're all like, just shocked, mouths wide open, looking at him like, oh my God, this be- this can't, if this ends badly, this will be the end of, this was, this was the very first, I thought we were all going to, they were going to just line us up and fire us all. Oh man. But nonetheless, I have held I have held a Super Bowl trophy. I'm willing to hold a Super Bowl trophy. I respect you, Farzi, because you you are way more honorable than me. (laughs) I will I will latch on to other people's uh accomplishments. I have no problem doing it. I will wear someone's jersey, I will wear someone's championship. Oh man, I will hold their trophy. I I, and this is what I have to work with every week. God bless you. God bless you. You're welcome. You're welcome. That being said, we do actually have a game coming up this week. Do we? Eagles versus the Commies. God bless. Yes. <laughs> do we have so e- Eagles are 2-0 and coming in. The Commies are what? The Commanders are 1-1. and Yep. And <laughs> Carson Wentz at the helm. We're all very familiar with him. Everybody's excited about the Eagles start. So what are we looking at? Eagles win and then Super Bowl? Uh, <laughs> Eagles win like and that it's straight to the Super Bowl after that. Absolutely. No, I think that uh the Eagles are gonna win this game, and I think that you can no longer call Carson Wentz ginger ginger Jesus after this because he's not going to be a ginger. He is going to have white hair. They are going to scare the orange out of that man's hair because the defensive line, these cornerbacks. And believe it or not, I can't believe I'm saying this. These linebackers, what, are going to get after it? Because Carson Wentz still holds on to the ball mm-hmm. way too long. Carson Wentz still has a hero gene that makes him think, no, if I just take this one hit and throw the ball, everything's going to work out. Moronic to think that way. Uh, I think the Eagles win this one. I think they win it handily. Uh, Miles Sanders, get ready to eat, son, because this is a defense mm-hmm. just allowed 191 rushing yards to the Detroit Lions. And you got a three-headed monster, four-headed monster if you include Jalen Hurts. So guess mm-hmm. what? The rushing yards are going to be stacked up. And you want to try to cover this receiving core? Uh, good luck to you. I see the Eagles winning this one by a big score. I think they could possibly win this game 38-7, to 38-10, and the defense is playing the best they have played in a while. So I think this is a team that has corrected their mistakes from week one. I think they played their best game Monday night against the Vikings, and I think they're going to build on that one because as great as it was, 24-7, it's great. Second half, where was mm-hmm. the mojo? Where was the juice, baby? It wasn't yeah, there. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. – don't get me wrong. They controlled the game. I never felt like they were going to lose it. But just the the haymakers, I want to see. They kept on being thrown on the defensive side of the football. I didn't see them that much on the offensive side of the football. This is a, a game where I feel like the team, with all the talk they have given, with all the talk, everything they've said about Jalen Hurts, how great a leader he is, how work, how much work ethic he, how great his work ethic is, how talented he is, how this team rallies around him. What better exclamation put uh, exclamation point to put? on a game like this against the guy he took over for in here in Philadelphia. So I think this whole team is going to get up to play against Carson Wentz. I don't think Carson Wentz is going to have that going for him with the commies in uh, in Washington. But one thing I will say, the most interesting matchup here is not Carson Wentz and it's not Jalen Hurts. The mo- those two, that's not the most interesting matchup. 
The most interesting matchup for me is the one that I think matters most to Philadelphia, and I think it's the one that they have to win. It's Jalen Hurts versus Ron Rivera. That's the matchup because you need to see, like I always go back to people talked about Cam Newton versus Peyton Manning, which is probably the, the worst, like, like the most, like the most reached for storyline in the Super Bowl was Cam Newton versus Peyton Manning. For me, it wasn't that it was Wade Phillips against Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. This has that kind of vibe to it for me, not at a Super Bowl level at all, but just that kind of vibe in terms of you're going up, up against a guy who knows how to run a defense. You're going up against a defensive-minded head coach that has put together some pretty damn good defenses in his time, was a part of a pretty good, uh, damn good defense as well. Jalen mm-hmm. Hurts, go, go out there and beat that. Whatever he schemes up to try to stop you, let me see you counter it with your versatile game, and I think he can do that. It's now, interesting you say that because we mm-hmm. before you came on, I was talking about Hurts answered every question he could possibly answer against Minnesota, but they were playing that four-man pass rush shell. Right two deep shell coverage that the Eagles used last year and gave up almost record high completion percentages several weeks in a row. So while Hertz looked great, let's not anoint him the MVP yet. Right. So, so you're expecting a a more, a bigger challenge from Ron Rivera defense. I'm expecting more of a challenge, but I still think the Eagles win it because I think Jalen Hurts, I, That game against Washington. Look what look what uh, the game against Washington. The game against Detroit. Look what Detroit did to Carson Wentz. They got mm. twelve hurries, I believe, uh, in him. They got four sacks on him, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, they got after it pretty good, or uh, five sacks, I think they had on Carson Wentz. So I think you can get after a guy like him on that side of the football. I think on the offensive side of things with Jalen Hurts, I think you have a guy that everything, including the kitchen sink, was thrown at him at the Detroit Lions game. Mm-hmm. He avoided it. He sidestepped it. He kept his eyes downfield. Some people that were the Jalen Hurts haters said, well, he ran 17 times. I'm like, it doesn't count if he's running for his life, okay? Mm-hmm. It's not like he's looking to run. He has to run or he has to buy time. Mm-hmm. I think I think that in the early goings, it's gonna. I don't think they're going to come out and have a hot start. I think it's going to be a gradual build. But once Jalen Hurts figures it out, I think that's when this offense is going to start to take off. And then the X factor in all of it, is like I said, they got three running backs that could take the load as well. You got Kenny Gainwell coming out of the backfield to catch uh, passes for you. You got Miles Sanders, who I think is due for a breakout game this season, it being week three already. Uh, I think you're going to have a good game from Boston Scott as well. And then Jalen Hurts is going to do what Jalen Hurts does. Go ahead and try to top that. I think Ron Rivera is going to have to be in the office for a long time to try to devise a way to stop a very versatile Eagles attack. So what you're saying is after – the Eagles blow out Washington uh, command Redskins team. The commies, the yeah. Commies, w- whatever we're going to call them. <laughs> then we can anoint Jalen Hurts as the MVP of the league. The MVP <laughs> of the league. He'll be the MVP of the Super Bowl. We'll just yeah. give him a 10-year contract, whatever that Mahomes character yes. got. Give him double yeah. that. Yes. Um, and you know what? Only you know, Just just as a brag, only put 10 players on offense. And you know, Jalen Hurts counts as like, Two, so it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Let's do That's that fine. and see see how that one goes. Who who do you sit? Who do I sit? Yeah. Whoever looks the most gassed. Whoever okay. looks the most winded. Maybe a All tight end. And they're not running as much twelve personnel. I don't know. Okay, I I, I, I believe you. Now, now, where where do you stand? Like we can coming into this season. Jones, he had he had a few. I got concerns. I want. Concerns. I, I'm not sold on Hertz as the guy. I, I need okay. to see some growth, and I need, to, I need and I need to see consistency in the passing game. Fair enough. That's if all I, fair. If I see that, we I'm f- comfortable moving forward with him. If I don't, 
Okay. Yeah. Here's, yeah, here's all, where, yeah. If you're asking me objectivity, objectivity. I, I don't care about that. Jalen Hurts will be the Eagles. Here's what I can, as close to a guarantee as I can give you. Jalen Hurts will be the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles week one of next year. Mm-hmm. Whether or not he will be the guy going forward, he still has to prove that. I believe that he will be the guy going forward. Obviously, he will get another contract after this one if I'm saying he's going to be the starting quarterback next year. Um, as far as being a long-term deal as the franchise guy and not acquiring a quarterback with one of your two first-round draft picks, whether that be draft or trading your picks for a quarterback, I don't think they are going to do that. I think Jalen Hurts will be the franchise guy going forward. Um, I think that they are going to give him a nice contract. I don't think it's going to be bank-breaking, but I think he's going to go out and get himself a, a really good contract after this season. I think nobody knows how to do that better than Howie Roseman, so that everything's in place for the Eagles as far as that goes. But here's where here's what I know about Jalen Hurts and versus what I still have to say. I know that I always want to think that the quarterback of the future is already on my roster. There's never a situation where that's that shouldn't be the case. Uh, I know that Jalen Hurts will, will outwork anyone. I know that Jalen Hurts has a great base level of talent. I know that Jalen Hurts is already one of the most versatile quarterbacks in the entire NFL. It's a matter of being consistent with that level. That's what he has to prove. What you saw against the Vikings, what you saw last year in the first half of the Denver Broncos game, you need to see a lot more of that consistently throughout his career. Mm-hmm. I want to look at Jalen Hurts like I looked at him in the Detroit Lions game and I looked at him in this Minnesota Vikings game and I looked at him in that uh, Denver Broncos game. I want to never feel like I'm out of a game. That's what great quarterbacks do. That's what franchise mm-hmm. quarterbacks do. I'm never out of a game because I got Jalen Hurts as my quarterback. I want to say that and believe it. In the first two games this season, oh, I could shout it from the rooftops and you mm-hmm. could believe it. Consistency is ultimately what will make everybody else feel great. And for the people that are waiting for that consistency, if he goes out and he plays really well in this game here against the uh, Commanders, if he goes out and plays really well against the Cardinals, let's say, and Mm -hmm. then he goes out and he wets the bet against the Cowboys, the people that are waiting for – like, you can have bad games. Mm -hmm. Did anyone anyone see Aaron Rodgers against the Vikings? Exactly. That That was a bad game. So you can have bad games. Give him that leeway, but I think ultimately it will prove the doubters and the haters wrong, and he will be the franchise guy going forward for the Eagles. See, in other words, get ready for that MVP. That, get ready for that, that MVP. Yeah, yeah. Get ready. Let's put the banners up there. Let's let's get it ready. Yeah. Remember that. You remember that 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 video package that the uh, Phillies did for Bryce Harper, where they had all the city MVPs. Yes, yes. yes let's mm-hmm. get all that ready. Let's right. update that for Mister Jalen Hurts. I'm in. Let's I, make I, it I happen. I, let's I, make I, it I happen. Need that in my life. All right, <laughs> real quick before we, because uh, I know you're up against it. Yeah. Where can people get in contact with? Where can people find Mark Farzetta? Just come to my stoop. Uh, hang out at my house. You know, um, it's uh, Farzy Show uh, at Farzy Show on all social media. Uh, Farzy Show on YouTube, Twitch, uh, Facebook Live, everything. Uh, Mark Farzetta on Twitter at Farzy Show on Twitter, um, and that's where you can find me and uh, search out all this piping hot content. Piping hot content. I'm not on OnlyFans. <laughs> the only thing I'm not on yet is OnlyFans. If I get desperate enough, though, <laughs> hey, hey man, look. 
Don't knock it till you try it. Oh, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry. My, my Time for me to go. <laughs> Once again, Mark Farzetta, thank you for joining us on the show, man. Appreciate John, you, man. John, you know I love you, buddy. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm honored. Jonesy, great to talk to you, my friend. Appreciate the questions. Uh, and appreciate uh, you coming you, on. Yeah, the sharp and, probe alone, everybody. Go get some sharp yes. probe. Yes. I second that message. Look, and we, we will. I will be begging Mark Farzetta to come back on another time later on in the season, next season, next, maybe next week. I don't, I don't know, you know, but yeah. as next goes, time we got to talk a little baseball. Oh yeah. That'll definitely happen. Baseball and hockey. Cause you know, yep. brothers do talk pucks, man. The brothers talk pucks. All right. Just, you know, yeah, right. just so you know, well, when, we, when the hockey show goes down, we're going to call you. All right. It sounds good. Let's let's party. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm down. All right. All right. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. My pleasure. You, my pleasure, guys. Right. Thanks. I'll see you. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mark Farzetta. See, I, uh, I good stuff. You, people, people rock with us, man. People like us. We're the same. Where else were you going to get Mark Farzetta to come on and talk about sharp provolone? To talk about his days in Ambler around the way. It's quality concert. Can't beat this. Yeah, can't beat it. Hey, man, I know you got to go, but real quick, uh, you feeling an Eagles win on uh, Sunday? I am. All right, what's the score? You know, last week, first, let me, let me take accountability. I was yes. wrong. I questioned Jonathan Gannon. Yes. I doubted his willingness to be aggressive. I doubted his willingness to come out of that zone sticks-type coverage. He did everything I wanted him to do and had a great game plan for the Minnesota. My, my, my Gannon confidence level is up. It's not all, it's not maxed out. It's not maxed but, out. But on a scale of one to 10, going into the Vikings game, it was like at a two. Going into the Washington game, it's more like at a six. Because I've actually seen adjustments from Gannon at this point. So with that being said, that being said right, I'm going right. Eagles 31, Washington 21. 31-21. Mm-hmm. 31-21. Eagles. I will go Eagles. 20. I, I will go Eagles 30. Washington 10. Okay. 30 to 10. Don't ask me how I get to that. That's just how I feel. That's 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 the score that popped into my mind. And that's go with it. And that's what I'm going to do. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the World Famous Jonesy Brown Show. Just a reminder that you can check out this show anytime you want. Just go to bitwsports.com. You'll find all the places you can find the Jonesy and Brown Show. Remember, you can reach out to us anywhere on social media at Jonesy and Brown or at BITW. Holler at us. We will holler back at you. That's just what we do. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that's, that's Mike Jones. That's John Brown. We will catch you guys next week. Go, Birds. Talk to you Go guys birds. later, man. Peace. You feel this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com. B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brand. Brand. Brand.